for those of you listening, I well, I'll give Joey a minute to get going here, but uh, <laughs> if he seems depressed or sad or in a dark place, the Packers just lost a heartbreaker. Yeah, and I just lost a lot of money because of it. A heartbreaker. It would have been up huge. Jordan, uh, hold on. i, I got to come up with my best bourbon for this one. Uh, I'll come up with something here. Just give me a minute. Jordan, ain't no love in the heart of the city. <laughs> Good one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh, fuck. Welcome back. Episode 31, everybody. 32. 32 of Flip the Record. Yeah. Um, I would ask what's going on, but we already know what's going on with you. Other than that, uh, yeah. Uh, me, what do I have? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to talk too, too much, but I had the wedding this weekend. Wedding went well. Everybody was happy. Um, no big issues there. I did mention to you before the episode, it was strange seeing people I haven't seen in a while. And like I mentioned to you about the one guy who didn't recognize me, but I probably had five or six people that I, I knew pretty well that I hadn't seen in a while. And I walked up to him and said hi, and they didn't know who I was. That's a shitty feeling. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. It was as I walked into the church, and then as I was sitting down in the church, there was three people behind me who didn't recognize me, all of whom should have. And then it happened again later in the day, but I didn't know this person as well, but like I still felt like they should have recognized. So I think it was five people in total. And then I thought I was the crazy one. <laughs> but then at when we got to the reception, all sorts of other people that like I would know equally or less well than those people all said, hey, Joey, how you doing? So that was weird. <laughs> um, that sucks. But, yeah, that yeah. sucks. That sucks when that happens. It also sucks when. Yeah. When someone recognizes you, recognize you that you don't want them to recognize you. Like, you so, had that happen to you, didn't you? Oh, I no, I didn't care about that. Yeah. But uh, I will tell that story real quick. Basically, I was looking to t- for tickets to see uh, Stavros, hilarious stand-up comedian. Earlier in the week, Tuesday, looking for the tickets, see what they're priced at. Great. Con- uh, comedy shows Friday. So Thursday, check the tickets. Price is falling $10. Buy two. Friday, we go out to dinner. A couple places down from where the, the show is going to be at. Walk over to the show, sign on the door. Show's been postponed until February 4th. Oh. Yeah. And he was pushing hard on those tickets, too. Well, yeah, not only that. So I, I just, when I went to look at the tickets, I didn't look at the date because I looked at them like a day or two before. And, uh, you know, the date changed. And they didn't have like a, a pop up notification that said, hey, like the date for this changed in the last, you know. That's shit. Yeah. I feel like they should, like, what's it to them to put a pop up notification and say, hey, this, just so you know, this date Shows has changed. Them. Yeah. So, yeah, now I have tickets for February, and, uh, yeah. We got something to look forward to. Valentine's Day, maybe? There's nothing to look forward to. All sorts of things. <laughs> no football things. Um, <laughs> all righty. I guess um, – oh, I don't even know if you told the story, but – nah. What story? About running into people you didn't want to recognize you? Oh, so then after the comedy show, we're walking back to the car, and uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was on her way to see Kiss, because they were in town, even though they're all like 300 years old. They are like 300 years old. And uh, yeah, we just had a nice, you know, hey, oh, how are you? Good, good. Well, we're still walking opposite ways, but it it's was wild. Just, it was funny, uh, yeah, seeing someone that you hadn't seen in like years. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up there, too, because I'm thinking about this now. I think Kiss's first record came out in 1969. And then you mentioned to me earlier that the Rolling Stones have a new album out. Mm-hmm. That's fucking insane, man. Yeah. Two groups that should just hang it up. Like, we love you. A lot of people love you. But God damn, that is fi- over 50 years in the business. It's mid-70s, close to 80s for some of these people. Fuck that, man. Holy shit. 
Yeah, I mean, the music usually not as good, but I like it. If you're a big fan of them, then, you know, whatever. It's, it's cool. It's, it's cool, cool for you. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, you want to get into Three Days Grace? Yeah, I think we should get into Three Days yeah. Grace now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alrighty, Three Days Grace. This is... I'm actually glad you took this. You kind of took this off my list. This is one of the bands I've been looking forward to doing in the next couple of months. Right on. Um, absolute icons of 2000s hard rock, new metal scene. This is, I mean, you if you have any interest in hard rock, you've heard these guys. It's bone-crunching, stadium-filling hard rock anthems back to back to back to back. And especially these first four albums we're going to cover today. Um because what happens is they they go through these first four albums and they're kind of honestly like sporadically put out. So they had one in like oh four, another in first 06, one oh three, oh three, then oh six, then oh nine, then twenty thirteen, I think. Yeah. Um. So that feels like a long time for four albums, but Definitely. I guess it, it just is what it is. Um. And then at the end of twenty thirteen, early twenty fourteen, uh, the lead singer Adam Gontier split off. Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode a little bit more, but. Um, he split off, did his own thing for a little while, and then the band brought in the, I believe it's the drummer's brother, Matt Walst, um, bassist uh, brother, Matt Walst, as their new lead singer. Um, so we'll cover the Matt Walst Three Days Grace albums next week. There's three of those as well. Um, but we're gonna four. Get, is there four? Maybe it's three. I think it's three. Um, anyhow, regardless. No, you're right, three. We'll get into those next week. Um We'll do the first four with Adam Gontier this week. Uh, this band kind of reminds me of Seether. I was thinking the same thing, but I think Sim- it's... Similar start time. The music is... Uh, they ex- the same they explore a little bit more than Seether does with how they change up the music, I think, a little bit. But it's fairly homogenous throughout yeah, the albums. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair way of putting it. You know, they'll sprinkle in a, a track here or there that kind of, like, piques your interest a little bit just in terms of, like, oh, I haven't heard this yet. Yeah. But I would say if there's... If we cover 65, 70 tracks on this, there's maybe five of those. Yeah. I think Adam has a better voice than... 100%. I can't... What's the lead singer's name for C there again? Uh, it's it's escaping I know right now. Uh, from Africa, but that, yeah, that's can, all right. I'll pull it up here, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I just... When I was listening to them, I kind of got... A sim- I had a similar experience. Well, I mean, I think they're better, better than C there. I like them more than C there, but a lot of the music, you can just put it as like standard Three Days Grace. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in maybe the first album, first two albums. Um, although I, I have some strong opinions about that second album, 1X. Um, we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, I definitely think the first album is fairly homogenous. And then as you go, you hear more and more of it. And you're like, yep, that's Three Days Grace. That's three. It's just kind of what they, they get into a rhythm. Um, but uh, aside from that, I love the sound, man. You know, I, Adam Gontier has got a very nice voice. I'll say that. It's like a very full-bodied. He could do like... He can do this kind of like whispery, airy, like moments like this, where he's just kind of talking to you, but like in a bit of a like like unsettling way, because you know when he goes into that voice, it's about to like all hell's gonna break loose right after he lets off of that. Um, and he's he's got the yells, and it's not like wild. It's not Chester Bennington, but he's got great yells. Um, when you look at the guitarists, the the bassist and the guitarist, they do a lot of like heavy on top of heavy. Uh, which is pretty typical of the new metal scene. When you look at a lot of those bands, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, but they like they twist it in a way that's just so, so like raw and kind of like fucked up. It just it's a cool cool sound. Um, 
and I think also just the way they put their choruses together, like every chorus feels like you could hear that live and this song's going to rock. Yeah, the choruses are definitely the standout for me for a lot of these songs. It's 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 sing along headbanging rock anthems almost every song. Yeah, a lot of good uh, workout playlist material here too. Yep, yep, love it. Yeah, um, yeah. With that, I think we maybe um, if you want to get into it, let's do it. There's not much of a backstory on these guys. I looked into it a little bit. They're just they're high school friends from Canada, from Ontario, uh, kind of near Toronto, I guess. Um, you know, they get together, they form this other band called Groundswell. Groundswell doesn't really work out. Um, and then most of the same members from Groundswell get back together to form Good Days Grace. Uh, work together for a little while. And then we end up with the first album, self-titled, Three Days Grace. Yeah, so 2003, first track, Burn. Decent opener. Kind of about kicking it to your enemies or whoever's in your way or whatever. This is one of those songs where the chorus kills it. Yeah. The rest 100%. of the song is whatever. It's a meh for me, but the chorus is great. Adam's voice is great. I think this sets the tone for what their sound's gonna be like for the next four albums. It's a great it's a great intro for the band, and I think it's a good intro for the album. High energy, kind of banging, buzzy speaker feedback at the beginning opens into this like buzzy, thick headbanger attitude. Up tempo, guitars are in your face. Uh they're doing their their like very typical three days grace build up into the chorus where like no matter what level they're at in the verse, in the first verse, especially but then in the verses. They always, almost always kick it up into a super high energy chorus that's going to be sing along. Um, it feels like maybe he didn't give it his all on the mic here. Like, I don't know why he didn't. You don't hear the yells. You don't hear the screams. Uh, but he's still in pretty good high energy section. Um, I like this one a lot, but I, I'm also partial to this band. So Yeah, for sure. It's a good opener. The next song is one of the biggest hits off this album, Just Like You. Yeah, and I like this one a lot, too. It's got a little bit more like a thumpy pace to it, just with the guitars and the drums. Um, Mid-tempo, mid-energy, kind of in the verses. You get this, um, you, you kind of get this just like chug-along kind of vibe to it. Um, you start to hear Adam like letting the raspy kind of yells out a little bit as he goes through this song. Um, and then the build-up into the chorus again, kind of rocks. Another classic rock anthem. Uh, I like this one a lot, too. Yeah, cool song about uh, not being what your parents want you to be. Mm-hmm. The next song is the hit author album, and funny enough, this actually has the most streams on Spotify. Uh, I hate everything about you. Yeah, I mean that doesn't necessarily surprise me. I feel like you know when I started listening to this band, I was probably in middle school still, um, and this was absolutely the song I had on repeat over and over and over again. Yeah, it's that kind of like wicked jangly guitar in the beginning, just the dun 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 dun. dun. It's a it's a classic riff. Um, it sets a great mood for this song where it like the tension's building and building and building. Cause you don't hear the drums, the bass isn't thick yet. It's just that jangly guitar kind of going throughout. And then again, with the build up into the chorus, everything gets into this bang, like banging, angry, bitter, loud chorus, all about toxic relationships and how you love somebody, but you hate them at the same time. You just can't get over it. It's another classic, like two thousands, hard rock banger. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, definitely one of the ones we're checking out. And yeah, you're right. It's just about a love-hate relationship. The next track is Home, which is just a, what I would call a, a decent standard Three Days Grace track. Yeah, I think this one's kind of similar. And this is another one of the hits off the album, I'll say. Um, this is one that you, you might hear on the radio. Um, it's got a similar cadence to Just Like You, where, especially in the chorus, like they'll have those few bits of just kind of like chugging along. Um, 
but it, it, this is just another like really nice sounding track from Three Days Grace. Thick and loud all the way through. Um, you kind of see here what Adam's going to grow into on the next album and then throughout the, the next three, where he's letting out these great, fantastic, especially in the chorus when he yells out, when he yells out home a few times, it's a fantastic yell. Um, raspy, bitter, angry. I, I love it. Um, really nice work in his higher range. And it's interesting because as we go through, I'll, I'll maybe point out here and there when I don't think he necessarily has a great high range. He gets a little bit uh, like out of breath. But I think on this song, he did a really nice job. Uh, this is a song built for live music, 100%. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, on this one, drummer Neil Sanderson said, this song is about being pushed around and neglected and feeling like even though you're in the company of other people, they're not really there at all. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, so the next track is Scared, which is a little bit different sounding from the first three tracks. Yeah, you got this like, uh, here they're starting to mix up where they get a, a guitar that's a little bit more higher tune and then mix it in. Like the bass is always thick and chunky and low. Um, but they're doing the the up not back and forth let's say but the the lighter the higher string guitar on top of the the low heavy bass um you have these quick and cool drum patterns throughout on this track too that i really like listen for that um bass acts as like a good glue here because like i said the guitar it's a little bit more sparse um so the bass is really holding every this song together where it's chugging along throughout like quickly um brings the drums brings the voice brings everything into a, a song as opposed to just parts uh, it felt like um and adam changing levels in the low and the high pretty much on both extremes sounds really really good raw powerful i like this one as a deep cut yeah so funny story on this song adam said that this song was created after the band stayed at a hotel that they t were told was haunted they laughed this off and thought nothing of it but then they discovered there is a spook I don't know what that means. A spook there named Emily who scared the hell out of them every night they stayed there. Jesus Christ. I don't know. What, what is a spook? Uh, like, is I like think a it's ghost? maybe like a ghoul or a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the lyrics. At night, I hear it creeping. At night, I feel it move. I'll never sleep here anymore. I wish you never told me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean. Okay. I guess they were haunted. Who knows? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. After that is Let You Down, which for me was uh, a letdown song. No pun intended. Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this song, but I don't think it's bad. This is lower and slower. You're getting, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to call it plucky, but thumpy kind of low guitar notes throughout here. Um, I think the drums match up with this track perfectly. They're not fast, but they do a really nice job of keeping the tempo and, like, setting the vibe for this track. Um, the chorus is weird here. I don't know why, but they have these, like, abrupt, odd pauses through the chorus. Not like... It, it, like, it feels like the pauses are out of time for some reason. Hmm. Like, when the pause hits, you're expecting another lyric. And then it's it's a quick pause, but it's it's just weird. Um, yeah. Other than that, I thought the song was all right. But, yeah, not my favorite. Yeah, I'd have to go back and l listen to the chorus to uh, see the pausing. But, yeah, this one yeah, was yeah. A, a lesser one for me. After that is Now or Never, which is a good, solid rock track. Yeah, I don't have much on this one. This is a very typical Three Days Grace here, kind of what we've talked about on a few of the other tracks here before. Just hard and heavy, headbanging vibe to it. Yeah, and this one's about, it's a little bit more uplifting. You know, it's never too late to make a change in your life. So, good message. Yeah. The next one is Born Like This. This is another one that was just all right for me. Kind of forgettable. Yeah, I thought it was pretty similar to the last song, but a little more up-tempo here. Um, you know, and this is the point in the album where I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it, it's nothing crazy, but I do love this sound. It just, it's so pleasing to me. I, I'll go back to this. So this is something you could just have on while you're working out and it's it gets the fucking people going you're not even really listening to this but you're listening kind of like just it's good energy yeah three days um, grace is definitely yeah. great great
great workout playlist off. So that's what I got for this one. Yeah. After that is Drown, which is good, standard, three days grace. Song about being oppressed by someone else, you know, trying to hold you down. Yeah, I. this is an all right track for me. Uh, a little slower. They they add these sections in the verses where it feels like Adam's a little bit on an island singing by himself. Um, just because, like, the guitar's quiet, the drums are slowed down, a little quieter. And then they crash into the chorus. Then they let him back out on the island a little bit, which is weird. Um, but, you know, it's a fine song. And it's certainly for somebody. Not for me, but, it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Next up is Wake Up. Decent track. This is about a toxic relationship that, you know, the protagonist in the song can't help but kind of fall into. Yeah, and this is another big stadium, stadium anthem kind of feel to it. Uh, mid-high tempo, mid-to-high energy, thick and heavy, but a little bit more upbeat. I don't know, you just get these notes of like sweetness from Adam on the vocals that just sound a little bit nicer than some of the other tracks. Uh, this chorus fucking rocks. Adam's like quick level changes match- matching the band. Uh, his pacing on the vocals, it- it's just a perfect like s- symbiotic relationship with the rest of the song. It's really, really cool. I like this one a lot. If of deep cuts on this album, this is one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, this is decent. And yeah, Adam said this is one of the ones all the guys in the band wrote together just on their past relationships. So. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, next up is Take Me Under. This one, again, just kind of all right for me. Song about feeling hopeless. Yeah, I don't know. This one didn't really do it for me necessarily. It's fine, but low and slow. Uh, it, it builds and builds and builds into a kind of like typical Three Days Grace track, but didn't really stand out. And now we're on track 11 on the album. So, you know, first album, you'll get one or two of these usually. Yeah. And then the album closes with Overrated, which uh, my note for this one was, is this about big government? Some of the some of the lyrics. Yeah, I kind of got that too. But if you got anything on that, go ahead. Oh, I, I just. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. They've created the generation that we know, washed up and hated. The system moves so slow. They give us answers to questions they don't even know. It sounds like a just fuck the establishment kind of song. That makes sense. Two thousand three. It's it's a it's basically a, a post grunge scene. Same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, the opening riff on this track fucking rocks. You'll just have to listen to it. I'm not gonna hum it. Um, but you got the guitar like kind of going up and down, up and down, up and down, wildly fast. Not wildly fast, but like quickly. Um, Mid-slow tempo, low energies on the verses, but then higher energy choruses. Um, another very typical 2000s hard rock kind of sound to it. Uh, I've listened to this one a couple song, a couple times, and I'm like, all right, it's fine. This, this is definitely a song I could see growing on me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, and this album as a whole, there's a couple of really good songs. There's a couple of just average songs, a couple of below average songs. It's a, it's a, I'll call it fine opening album. Yeah, I think very well, average. I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to call it average. I mean, I hate everything about you is one of the most recognizable songs from 2000s hard rock. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll call it above, slightly above average. Um, but overall, I think it's a, it's good in the sense that it. it absolutely defines who they're going to be um and you know talk about how raw or maybe unpolished this is and that's not even in terms of engineering you know the the music sounds fine it's not like they got cheap engineering and some shit like that but um it's just not quite what this next album is going to be uh, yeah. in terms of i guess composition let's say um and really let letting everything like off the tracks a little bit like I guess I'll just get right into it. This next album, One Axe 2006, there's no fucking holds barred here, man. There are some tracks on this album that are wildly high-flying, Adam off the fucking ropes, the guitar's going nuts, drums pounding and pounding and p- fucking thick as hell, 
and there's other tracks that are soft and, and menacing. Adam's like in this low growl and then rips off an incredibly high energy chorus. There's a couple like even just regular slow kind of ballady tracks that are still like dark and, and sad and emotional. It's I, I <laughs> let, let's talk about this, but I have, a, I have a very bold take on this album. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll spark it because I, I would say I would put this album. It might be just a rung below like Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory, Nirvana, Nevermind. I'm th- trying to think of like early, you know, Nirvana's in the 90s, but you know, Linkin Park is early 2000s. Like from start to finish, this is a certified. Well, I don't know if it's a game changer, it's a masterpiece, whatever you want to call it. Start to finish, you can listen to every track on here, and there's some tracks that are just they're just amazing songs. But it's you can listen start to finish. There's no skips. For me, this is undeniably one of the best five albums since 2000. Oh, okay, I like that. That's so a, sorry, that's a best five rock albums. I wouldn't. I don't have enough. Okay. I don't have enough latitude to speak to other or other genres. But in terms of rock, this is one of the top five rock albums since 2000. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of the hard rock that we've done. You could put you could put this like I said. It's similar to li- any Linkin Park album. I was gonna say I would put this in the class of Meteora. It's um, similar to any any Shinedown album. I would put this in the class of Sound of Madness. Yeah, uh, similar to I guess Creed would have been popular around that time. I don't know so much about Creed. I have to talk. About, I'd have to think about it, listen a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, like you talk about the heavy hitters of the two thousands uh, and even the twenty tens, and there's less of them than there were the two thousands. This album stacks up against the best, hundred percent. And you you probably know the album cover if you see it. Yeah, it's kind the, of a it's the cutout paper uh, like people like you you'll see. yeah so it the album cover depicts uh, like a bunch of connected paper dolls with check marks all yeah. on every single individual except right. for one which is crossed out it's the it's, it's the, the one, one X. X yeah and it's it's different it looks different than the other paper dolls in the in the sequence yeah and it sets the album cover sets the tone for the album of you know being feeling like you're like singled out from yeah. society. Yeah, that's, that's what a, a lot of the songs are about. It's a lot. There, like I mentioned, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of sadness in this album. Uh, w- one of the things we'll talk about as we go on is this is Adam coming off of a large struggle with uh, Oxycontin. Yeah. Um, he goes to rehab right before they start uh, writing and recording this album and kind of comes out the, the other side for the better. Uh, but it's still something he struggles with daily. And there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about stuff like that throughout the album relationship struggles personal struggles it's it's an album of struggle but it's a masterpiece yeah so let's let's give this a certified flip the record must listen stamp of approval 100 out of 100 <laughs> let's get into it first song off of one x is it's all over which is a good opening song about battling addiction yeah and this sucks cuz there's so many good albums on this song so many good this, songs so, so many good songs on this album that i just don't feel like this one stacks up to the rest but if I had taken the, if I take this song and put it on the last album, it's almost as good as any of the songs on the last album. Um, mid tempo, kind of mid high energy, opens up with this twisty, kind of crunchy, low tune electric guitars. It doesn't do anything like Adam doesn't do anything crazy on the mic here. It's a good low raspy sound from him, but nothing crazy. Um, it, it's good, not great, but I think as an opener, it's fine. Yeah, and again, it, it's with him talking lyric wise about you know battling addiction. Like it's he's already addressing it. It's the first song. There's gonna be more of that throughout the album, and I think it's it's a fine opener. Yeah, the next song, one of their classic hits, "Pain." You've, I'm sure you've heard this. If you listen to hard rock, you've heard this on the radio back in the day. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was talking about, where he gets into that airy, almost whispery uh, cadence. He's just he opens with pain, right? Without love. And he goes for that, like, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. And then the band crashes in. It's awesome. It, this is a fantastic song. This is a song you 
you you would see this live and the the entire crowd would be absolutely thrashing about i mean talk about mosh pits man this is oh <laughs> six this song in a mosh pit would just it'd be fucking nuts man uh super super high energy i love the thick like loud guitars here this is a hit this is a huge hit i love this 100 percent paraphrasing here but adam said on this one he wrote it after going out on tour and figuring out that you can be lonely in a crowd full of people yeah I uh, said he he wrote this when they were hanging out at a cottage with guitars, beers, and a barbecue, and that's kind of where he started writing the song. Uh, he said it's a song about feeling like you're constantly numb to things around you, uh, thanks to your own actions. It's about being sick of that feeling. The main lyric in the chorus, "I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all," is one of my favorite lyrics on the whole album. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I feel like it's not it's not some grandiose new idea, but it's an interesting point for sure. I kind of like it too. Yeah, and you know, I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. It's like I think that resonates with a lot of people, especially people that have tr- struggled with self harm in the yeah, past and yeah. addiction. And I mean, it's just all in that same vein. And mm-hmm. it's a it's an amazing song for the album. And it's you know to have it at number two, it's like oh wow, what do we? Gonna- he kind of like growls that line out too like just so raspy and thick the way he says it kind of lower than the rest of that chorus it's yeah it's a that's a banger yeah so it follows up pain with animal i become which is an absolute must for the workout playlist thrasher dude the, I, this this song opens with this loud twisty kind of mid-tune buzzy guitar uh and then everything just like slowly builds up on top of it like it already starts off so loud and heavy and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier um and he's got this like I've talked about the boxer's mic effect before where like it sounds like the mic is like hollowed out a little bit mm. when he's singing for most of it. Um, and I, I love that sound effect here. It, give, it gives kind of an uh, even more of an edge to the song. Um, by the time they get to the chorus on this track, they are balls to the walls on, <laughs> on this track. I mean, everything is just fast and furious. Adam singing his fucking heart out. Oh, yeah. It, this is a workout must. Yeah, some of the lyrics. So what if you can see the darkest side of me? No one would ever change this animal I've become. Help me believe it's not the real me. Somebody help me tame this animal. I can't escape myself. So many times I've lied. It's uh, another just another great song off the album. Yeah, and this is one that was particularly written about his addiction. It was kind of coming through the other side of that. 100%. The next song is another classic Three Days Grace song. You've probably heard this one before, too. Never Too Late. It's weird to say this is a ballad just because it is still kind of heavy. But this is their best ballad, in my opinion. It's awesome. Oh, it o- totally agree. It opens so soft and like easy and slow, just kind of this plucky, low acoustic, moving along, soft drums. Um, you know, he doesn't really. Adam doesn't really pick up his voice too much, even in the first verse and the second verse. It gets a little higher in the second verse, but um, and then again, just crashing into this chorus, not yelling and screaming like like before, but. Just such great energy, and you can hear the emotion in his words. Yes, the way he's twisting like words at the ends of lines, and it's it's gripping, man. Yeah, it's gripping's a good word. It's the lyrics are as raw as it gets. Even if I say it'll be all right, still I hear you say you want to end your life. Now and again, we just we try to just stay alive. Maybe we'll turn it around because it's not too late. It's never too late. It's gripping. And Adam said on this song, this is very personal to him. This was his favorite song off the album. It might be my favorite song off the album. Uh, it's certainly up there, but yeah, it's just about it's never too late in life to turn you know to turn your life around. And it's cool because you don't get a lot of these uh, these ballad types of songs from their catalog. No, and give it like usually when a band doesn't do a ton, you like see the right like they have a few ballads, um, but I wouldn't say any of their ballads stack up to this one. They have, uh, they have broken, a couple good broken, ones. broken. I think so. 
I would put it up there. Yeah, it's in the same category. It's in the same category for sure. Um, but still, it's you don't get a lot of this from them, and so to be so masterful on really, I think your second one is incredible. And going from pain to animal I have become to never too late, like wow, what a, what a roller about coaster. A, yeah, talk about a back to back to back. So after that is on my own, which is still a good standard three days grace song. It's it's a good song. Um, it's not on the same level as the previous three, but I still no. really I still enjoy this song. Totally agreed, and I love what they do on the the guitar here. That like kind of west like sad western vibe to it. Do 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 do. Yeah, it's just it, and it's just the guitar on the open, and again they layer and layer and layer until they build up to the chorus. It's it's good. It's a cool cool sound. Um, sad like raspy kind of like bird. Borderline angry vocals, but like in a low kind of dejected way. Um, thick, buzzy guitar. You know, once the energy kind of spikes up into the chorus, you get him yelling again as loud as he can. Loud drums, thick, buzzy guitar, angry, angry feel to it. It's a powerful song for me. I, this is one of my favorite deep cuts out of her entire catalog. Okay. No, I like it. A good song about someone who's leaving just because they've, they've been treated badly, badly in the situation that they're in. The next song is another workout playlist must. It's Riot. Another song you'd love to hear live. It's, yeah. It's true. Have everyone chanting, let's start a yeah. riot. Yeah. A riot. 50,000 people chanting this song together at the same time. It's a classic hard rock anthem. Classic. Um, angry headbanger. Low buzzy guitars all the way throughout. Uh, guitars are up-tempo, clank, like, chumming and churning together. And uh, Adam just yelling the entire time. I mean, he, he maybe throttles it a little bit on the verses. By the time you get to the chorus... It's that sing-along, riot, 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 that it's just, it's iconic, man. Certified pre-workout. Banger. The next track is Get Out Alive, which is, again, it's another another good song. I think this one is, it possibly could be about, you know, Adam struggling with uh, addiction or just a song about just trying to be, be yourself. The transitions on this song are what really make it for me, because this is another one that starts a little bit low and slow. Um, you know, it, it's just got this low, kind of clean uh, guitar playing in the beginning. Um, at some point before the chorus, it transitions into a buzzy, like electric hard rock guitar. And it is, it is seamless. It almost feels like it's like right in the middle of a riff where they transition it. It's a, such a fantastic switch. Um, and that's also the point where the, like the energy is kind of peaking again in the chorus. And again, like I mentioned, it starts out like fairly low and just slowly builds and builds and builds. And you hear it in Adam's voice, you hear it in the drums. And as soon as that guitar switch is over, that's when the energy fucking spikes. And then it's right back down to that again to the verses, the second verse. Same kind of thing. It's it's a really, really cool transition piece. Um, I again, I love every song in this album. So I, I'm just going to hear it for me again and again. But I love this track. Yeah, I love the chorus on that one. Yeah. The next track is Let It Die. This is probably one of the more emotional ones. Uh, more not not so much. I mean, there's pain and anger. In this song. Yeah, that's the note I had here, too. You hear it. It's a lot of this album is that way. You'll hear yeah. the, the mix between the sadness and the, the emotional uh, you know, upset. Um, a little softer here. Uh, kind of up tempo, but like still brings the heat, uh, even though it's in that softer range. Um, drums are super powerful, super out in front on this track. Um, like it feels like the guitars are setting the pace for this one. Um I just like this song a lot too. I didn't think Adam did anything crazy here, but it, you know, still really good. Yeah, again, you can hear the pain in his voice, and he's kind of going back and forth. The song's about a relationship. Some of the lyrics are, you know, 
kind of reminiscing on the good times. We had time on our side in the beginning, whereas, and then when it gets to the course, I swear I never meant to let it die. I just don't care about you anymore. So it's kind of got the back and forth internal monologue. Yep. The next track is Over and Over. It's another one where Adam's tone is a bit softer. It's softer, but again, we talk about the choruses. This chorus fucking rocks, where he's just singing over and over, over yeah. and over. And it's that second over and over where the strings pop in. So throughout this song, you'll hear bits of violin. And it kind of set this, like, sets this bittersweet, sad, but also like spirit. Like It brings like a fullness to the song. And it, on the second over and over in the chorus, you'll hear the strings just like glide in on top of it. And it is so powerful. It, it's actually mm-hmm. uh, my hair is standing right now just thinking about <laughs> it, especially at the very end. Like the song builds and builds and builds all the way to the very end. And that last chorus is incredibly powerful. He finishes the chorus at the end, just letting off a ripping a fucking yell like like any other tr- set song on this track on his in this catalog. It's a fantastic yell at the end of this track. Um yeah, I, I love this one, too. Yeah, some of the lyrics. So many thoughts that I can't get out of my head. I try to live without you. Every time I do, I feel dead. I know it's best for me, but I want you instead. I'll keep on wasting all my time over and over, over and over. Yeah. After that is Time of Dying. This is a, another good song about just trying to get through tough times. This is another workout playlist track. This starts for off sure. hard and heavy. Um, thick, twisty guitars. Adam yelling at the mic all the way through. Um, somehow finds a way to pick it up. Even more into the chorus. It's this is another really really nice track. Absolutely. After that is "Gone Forever," so a song about you know a relationship uh, where you know it goes wrong, but then you're kind of glad that it's over. Yeah, yeah. And this is uh, this is another kind of different sound for them where they open up with like this strummy kind of acoustic, just yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like anything crazy going into it. Uh, but uh, it, like spikes again in the chorus. He lets out some great yells here. You kick in the uh, the electrics and the fucking drums and all that stuff. I think this is a really nice deep cut too. I just on what they do in the chorus. Side note: It would be cool if they did some of these songs acoustic and oh, release that out. Yeah, for sure, dude. I think there's. We could do most of this album acoustic, and it would probably kick ass still. Yeah, aside from a couple of the head thrashers. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So this album closes with one X. So the title track song again like i said going back to the album cover just about feeling singled out from society but uh this song kind of closes on an upbeat note where it's like you know you're all strong like everyone's strong and capable of great things like you can always turn things around uh so it is kind of a, p- a positive way to end the album yeah it's a cool it's a cool finish you know especially in the context of him coming out of all that dark darkness you know struggling through his shit and then deciding to close this album about darkness and sad shit with a, a note of positivity, a, a note of hope, uh, is a really nice way to close out this album. It's only, you know, the song itself, I don't think it's anything crazy here. Yeah, uh, but it, it, it fits in the album. It fits in the album well. Um, it's got Stadium Anthem vibes, but it's a little bit less heavy. Um, just like a good sing-along track, like you'd hear maybe close to the end of the set. Yeah, so again, if you're going to check out this band, this is the album to check out. Start to finish, must listen. 100% agree. Certified banger. Yep. So after that, they released their third album in 2009, Life Starts Now. Yeah, things are going well for them. And you'll hear it a little bit uh, throughout this album. You know, this album, it's got a slightly more positive vibe to it. Um, You'll hear it in the music. You'll hear it in the lyrics. It's slightly, you know, they still have that anger, that raspiness, that bitterness. Um, But there are other tracks that are a little bit happier. Um, 
And, you know, it's something they definitely got criticized for when this album came out. But I, I think this is like you don't want to hear the same music over and over again. We've already talked about how fairly homogenous most of this work is. So to have something slightly different, but I still think is a fantastic sound for them. I can't imagine being critical, too critical of this album. No, I, I enjoy this album a lot. And uh, yeah, so yeah, 1X went platinum. So they follow that up with Life Starts Now in 2009. Opens with Bitter Taste, which is a you know standard Three Days Grace song about breaking up so- with someone and realizing you're better off without them. Yeah, I think this is a, it's a bit of an extension of the last album to me. I don't know how much this uh, this track fits in the album, except that it makes for a great opener. Yeah. Um, but it, it is very typical, classic Three Days Grace sound. Heavy as fuck, loud as fuck. Kind of like mid tempo, but that's kind of their bag too. Um, chorus rocks here. There's a, you get more solos on this album. You don't really see solos too much from them in the first. Right. Two. You get more of those, and this song has a sick solo on it. Check I did, that. Out. I did pick up on that. Yeah. So the second track off play starts now is break, which is good. It's a surprisingly a more uplifting song. Yeah, you don't get that just listening to it. You got to think about it for a minute. But uh, this song is cool because it does like it sets a mean, angry, nasty tone right off the jump. They have this one kind of like distorted guitar note hanging out for like five, ten seconds. And then the band breaks in and it sounds like they're breaking into your house and, and <laughs> coming to like, kill people. It's fucking crazy, uh, it, which I think is a perfect way to set off a song titled Break. Um, but, yeah, no, this is a slightly like more feel good, but it's also like sounds well, angry. He, and, he's singing angry, but he's singing like if you can't stand the way this place is, take yourself to higher places. Yeah, do but he, better. But he's singing it angry. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, he's twisting, his, especially in that in that chorus, that section you just mentioned right there. Really, really twisting the words, twisting his voice around those words. It's cool. Um, fantastic yells, sing along vibe to it. This is one of the hits off the album, and one of my favorite Three Days Grace tracks. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like the next song too, "World So Cold." It's about the aftermath of a relationship ending. Yeah, and it feels again they do a fantastic job of like setting a vibe here, where like this kind of uh i don't want to call it stripped it's not stripped but they just let the guitar kind of like set a tone and the guitar is just by itself in this low kind of thumpy vibe to it it and they kind of got i feels it feels like they added a little synth in behind to like set uh kind of this odd like dark ethereal feel to it uh but then adam comes on he's singing in his low kind of like growly sound to it um and then they break off another classic Three Days Grace chorus in in and out, in and out, in and out. It's this is another really, really good song from them. Yeah, I love in the chorus when he's singing, living in a world so cold, counting the days since you've gone away. Just the the emotion that he puts into that is really, really good. Yeah. And after that, one of my all-time favorite Three Days Grace songs, Lost in You. Yeah, it's kind of a love song here. Uh, it, it's cool because this is very, like, there's no if ands or buts around this. This sounds like lovey dovey. It's not. It's still kind of heavy, but it's got like a good, like fun, like fresh feel to it. It sounds I, to me the, some of the lyrics kind of sound like bittersweet. Yeah, no, the lyrics sound bittersweet. I was thinking more like the guitars. The guitars. Oh, are, yeah, yeah, the guitars for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. very like. It's like the doom, yeah, new. yeah, tuned up a little bit. It's got a fun, almost like poppy kind of feel to it, but all it's still buzzy and heavy. Um, Popping drums all the way throughout. Adam's raspy vocals and like stretching out those raspy long notes. Fantastic on this track. It's the pain and the, the love at the same time kind of in his voice is 
very, very evident. It's a really, really nice track. Yeah. So with the lyrics, like, I almost get the impression that it could be about a relationship with one person like it's the relationship's over, one person's still in love, the other isn't. But I could also get the I also could see it where the singer went through a rough patch, like he's reflecting on past relationships and now he's finally found someone that he can get lost in. So I don't know which of those two I I kind of I'd have to dig into a little bit more because I'm thinking about tensing throughout the track and I feel like he uses past and present kind of interchangeably throughout. Yeah, cuz he sings, "You tried to lie and say I was everything. I remember when I said I'm nothing without you." And then Later in the song, he sings, the pain of it all, the rise and the fall, which is more past tense. I see right. it all in you, which is more present tense. Right. Now, every day I find myself say, I want to get lost in you, which is more present tense. Yeah, yeah, definitely something I have to think a little bit more on. But, I mean, you, again, it's art. You can take it a few different ways. Yeah, either way, still one of my, one of my all-time favorite Three Days Grace songs. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. After that is The Good Life, good standard Three Days Grace song, Grass is Always Greener. Kind of, a, that's the message of the song. But again, much like Break, they they put it in this angry, twisted, fucked up way. Yeah. The opening riff on this track, it, like it's got a very much like disturbed kind of like feel on the guitar a little bit, where they're twisting these notes all over the place, menacing, loud, like wicked kind of new metal sound to it. Um, you know, you got these like what they do really cool on this song too is uh when they get to the choruses, right? You don't hear this a lot in any of their songs. The the guys in the background singing along, kind of echoing his his lines in the choruses mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah, because I think I feel like it just it boosts him a little bit where they they as a group kind of sing well. But then he rips it, man. And yeah. it's, just, it's a really cool like back and forth. I love this song. Yeah, I like that one, too. After that is No More. Another good song. It's uh, about being fed up, asking someone to, you know, asking someone to give you a reason for, you know, whatever it is in your life. That, uh, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, this is just whatever for me. Um, not a huge fan. Kind of mid-high tempo. A little bit more high-tuned guitars here. Less buzzy. Cleaned it up a little bit. Um, Adam just doing some work here. Nothing crazy. Um, it's all right. Yeah. The next track, one of the hits off the album, Last to Know. Different, emotionally gripping. Really good song. Yeah, so this is, like I mentioned earlier, this is one of those five that like strikes you like, oh, wow, they don't have anything else like this. Yes. It's a piano ballad, very sad throughout, mid-tempo, but mostly lower energy. Um, Adam, again, hasn't done this yet, very like sweetly singing throughout the track. Um, not so much of that raspy stuff. Very clean, very sweet on the mic. Um, you know, they bring in some acoustic guitars softly, kind of halfway through, let's call it. Um but I think Adam's really the focus here, and you can hear the emotion dripping off his lips on the mic. It's it's really nice. It's not at all what you would expect from them, but it's really nice. Yeah, I get the vibe that this song, it's like someone cheated on him, and then at, you know he's struggling with that, and then he's kind of talking to the person she cheated on him with at the end, where mm-hmm. he's saying, like, when she leaves you for dead, you'll be the last to know. The, yeah. even the first verse is kind of like, man... I was the last to know that you were leaving me. And then it, mm-hmm. he kind of transitions at the end. Right, right. Um, this is one of the ones they play a lot live in their live shows. Like, a, you know, it's like the slow down. Yeah. Song, like, you know, a little break in the action type deal. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This is uh, definitely one worth checking out off the album. 100%. After that is Someone Who Cares, which is uh, for me, it's good standard three days grace. If you listen to the first 15 seconds and maybe I'll let you talk and I'll pull it up. It sounds like the intro to a horror movie. Yeah, I could totally see that. You hear the thumping guitar and guitar and drums in the open, kind of in this mid-tempo. Um, Adam in this kind of highest level, but building up to the chorus. Um, drums, again, we're setting a great vibe, great tempo here. Um, the ups and the downs, the change in pacing. It's it's really good drum work here. Um, 
I feel like by the end of the track, you really hear the anger and the pain seeping through everything here. It's just powerful, powerful vocals. Really, really nice deep cut. Listen to this and tell me you can't picture like Freddy Cougar or Jason or somebody. That's like the the music they play when like the psychopath like Michael Myers or Michael like, Myers breaks out of the institution. Yeah, that what's in that the last movie where all years. the where all the laws go away? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, the purge. Yeah, the purge. Yeah, yeah. the purge. That's the siren from the purge <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, really cool track. Check that one out. Yeah. So the next track is probably one of my least favorites off the album, Bully. I don't know how you feel on this one. I kind of like it. I don't know. There's cool bits. They open with like, it sounds like children kind of playing a game in a schoolyard. A lot of like children yelling at each other. Yeah. um, You know, nonsense. Um, Breaks in with like heavy, buzzy, everything here. Uh, Mid-eye tempo, high energy. Um, Again, Adam on the boxing mic effect. It's really, it's a good ad here too. I like, I always like when he does it. I just think he's got such a full bodied voice and I think he does that well. That actually like breaks him down a little bit, but it's a cool effect because they they turn it on and they turn it off for the chorus Mm. and they bring it back. It's a good effect for him. Um, Guitars are twisty, menacing, solo rocks here. Um, I like this one, uh, but I could could see where it wouldn't be for everybody. Yeah, I mean, this song was he's kind of wrote it about his brothers growing up who was uh, significantly younger than him. So he was still in school and just some of the stuff that he saw going on with, you know, his brother dealing with. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, just all right. But I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure for them, it's, they, he probably appreciates it more. The next track is Without You, which is a little bit different musically, at least. Oh, the Eminem cover? Yeah, yeah. Without <laughs> You. No. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a little bit different. Low and buzzy, but not quite angry. Um, kind of mid high tempo, mid to mid high energy throughout here. Um, Adam definitely in a lower level for most of the verses, um, and then picks up a little bit to the chorus. It's not. I don't know. This one felt uh, lackluster is maybe a good word for it. Yeah. Just, I w- just waiting for a little bit more. I'm with you on that one. The next song is Going Down, which this this one is cool. There's some spooky synth, some prominent drum. Classic rock song titles for 300, Alex. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's probably half a dozen bands with a, uh, <laughs> some some iteration of Going Down. With like a million streams. Yeah. <laughs> like, pro- like songs that you'd recognize. <laughs> Uh, uh, this song, mid-high tempo, mid to mid-high energy, kind of echoey, spooky guitar licks throughout. I don't know how, like, spooky was the word. I, I wrote mind. spooky. Yeah, that's crazy. We both had that. <laughs> um, building into this headbanging chorus, buzzy guitars are fantastic here. The vocals are powerful and purposeful. I like this one a lot, too. Yeah. So, song with, uh, just about not putting up with anyone's crap. You're going down. Those are my notes. Uh, 100%. So, the album closes out with Life Starts Now. So, again, doing the title track for the last song. Yeah, and so three in, I'm kind of noticing this pattern where, like, the last track is always a little bit softer. Yeah. Um, and that that's, holds true for this track. Uh, mid-tempo, mid-high energy. The guitars are tuned up a bit. Um, they're kind of just plucking along in this mid-level throughout. Um, vocals are raspy and kind of powerful throughout, but, like, it just doesn't quite get to the top um but that's not what they're trying to do here so i won't lackluster is not a good description for this song it just doesn't quite get there for me yeah again they're they're just closing out the album this song has the same message as never too late from the last album yeah it's not too late and you know some lyrics and you're so far down but you will survive it somehow because life starts now right so. right um i have a note here either this episode or I'll, maybe I'll save it for next episode, but I'm just going to read the Spotify top 10 after we go through the whole catalog. Cause it's pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah. It's not, not diverse at all. No, not at all. No. I saw mine on <laughs> Apple and I was like, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. 
Um, so then four, four years off, they did some touring, did some traveling. Um, they get around to transit of Venus in between these two albums. Uh, I don't know. They had a lot of success. I mean, the shit right after this album comes out, they're planning on going on a co-headliner with Shinedown. Mm -hmm. Um, and things just kind of fall apart shortly after this album comes out. But going into this album, you could kind of see the, the signs of fray, the signs of, of tiredness. Um, from these guys and i i think it kind of shows in the work here too so i you know what's funny about this album the album starts off the first couple songs i think are really good or the first half of this album is really good and the back half is just like whoa like what, what, are we listening to the same album like, yeah it feels like happened? it just did a total 180 totally agree the so the the concept here transit of venus venus focuses on uh you know expecting the unexpected i guess they said the slogan for the album is some things will happen some things will never happen again in your lifetime well, and you know, so they, they it's so corny. They put out the kind of press release that this album was coming out and then released the, the title of the album on the day that, yeah, of the last time that Venus passed in front of the sun, the transit of Venus across the sun. Which I'm pretty sure it's like once every 200 years or something, or I don't know, something crazy when I looked it up. Yeah, so we'll never see it again. But yeah, regardless, I, I don't know, it felt a little corny to me. Yeah, so this album opens with honestly kind of a shitty album title. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be like a train album. It's a shitty album cover, too. It's just like this kind of odd, eclectic like view of the sun uh, with waves all through it. It's a bad album title. It's definitely, a bad album cover. It's definitely the worst of the four for 100%. the album cover. I, actually, let me... I, I know I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. The album cover for the third album, Life Starts Now, fucking rocks. I think that... Oh, album, you know what? I did have the... I forgot to bring this up. This album cover kicks ass. It's rocks. like... Rocks. It's like uh, a bunch. I'm gonna get that for the studio. That, that album that'd cover be sweet. rocks. It's like a bunch of like TVs or like electronic. Devices. Yeah, it's a couple. It's a couple shadowy figures, like like blackout figures, um, just beating the shit out of these TVs. And there's <laughs> birds and all sorts of other shit coming out of the TVs. It's really really cool. Yeah, I'm just like a kind of grayish white background. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now. This is a badass album cover. Rocks. Anyways, back to Transits of Venus. Uh, I don't have anything else going out into this album so you want to get into it yeah so it opens with sign of the times just slower intro compared to the last sucks. couple albums this song sucks i don't know how this ended up as the first song on this album it's just nothing the first minute is kind of this like ethereal soft section i mean they have a guitar playing but like synthy weird shit um they break into kind of a more typical three days grace track after that first minute or so um but nothing really stands out to me i don't think anything's super well done it's bad forgettable for me the next track there's chaos on the rise i think is is better than certainly better than the intro track oh i did i miss this one entirely sorry go ahead i, I my next track was truck outline oh that's right yeah so there's chaos on the rise it's a standard three days grace sky is raining nice we have mistaken the toll that is taken on you and i the oceans have gone dry venus is passing by you and i hmm yeah that's not even listed here on apple what's the name of this track there's chaos on the rise Huh. Yeah, it's not even on the Apple cover or that's, version of that's, this. That's really odd. I wonder what kind of... Uh, usually, usually when there's like a, a track or two that maybe is taken off the album, at least it'll be like grayed out and like you yeah. won't be able to play it for whatever reason. So that's strange, huh? That's really weird. Anyways. So after that is Chalk Outline, which is one of the one of the really good songs off this album. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. This is very much back to Three Days Grace meat and potatoes right here. It's hard and heavy, mid to mid high energy. The riff here is awesome. Like the opening riff, it's got this like like stuttery section, 
where it goes and it stutters and it goes. And it, it's it's a cool like move with the guitar, um, low and buzzy. Core, it's a classic Three Days Grace chorus here. Very like very much like stadium rock vibe to it. Um, drums fast, banging throughout. Lot to love about this track. The song's fine. The chorus is fire. Uh, yeah, you agreed. keep coming back to the scene of the crime, but the dead can't speak, and there's nothing left to say anyway. All you left behind is a chalk outline. After that is the Hyroid. The Hyroid. No, the High Road, which is a fire, fire track. Yeah, this is another fire track. Uh, totally agree. Maybe a little foreshadowing here, too. Um, <laughs> it, this is a little bit ballady. It feels a little bit ballady. Opens kind of in a stripped and sad bit. Um, but then again, just kind of layering and layering and layering up into the chorus. Um, the chorus is is haunting but sweet and and emotional and it's it's strained on Adam's vocals like he's like stretching out like like fingertips away from some better version of himself. It's it's really really cool work on the. Mic. I think this might be his best vocal work certainly on this album, and I think it's, I think this is up there. That's in the conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah. In the in the chorus, you know, I mean, like you said, it's just the like it's going up and down. Will you help me find the right way up, or let me take the wrong way down? Will you straighten me out? Or make me take the long way around. It just, uh, yeah, standout yeah, song. Yeah, and the lyric I was actually thinking of comes right after what you just said. Oh, it's, so uh, you got it. I, he goes, or make me take the long way around. I took the low road in. I'll take the high road out. I'll do whatever it takes to be the mistake you can't live without. The bit, the joke I made at the beginning about foreshadowing is here is that he comes into Three Days Grace and is kind of this this shell of the person he's become. This, you know, uh, let's call it immature person. Uh, drug problems, relationship problems, all this stuff. And by this time in their careers, he, he's grown into a much different man. And maybe in some sense, to, in his opinion, outgrown this this band. I mean, that's something we'll touch on towards the end of this this album. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it just it stuck out to me in the context, in that context. Like, wow. Huh. OK. Hmm. I like that. Next track is Operate. It's a all right song about a toxic relationship yeah i didn't love this one this got a, a again more of that like i don't know it, it's got that like pausing pattern of like or cadence to it that i just didn't really love um it's got a very typical three days grace sound to it i didn't think it was anything special though yeah there's a guitar riff i liked but outside of that it was it was very average the Next track is Anonymous, which is more standard Three Days Grace. Yeah, and I think this one is a slightly better than the last song, a little bit fuller just as a band. Um, you know, in the last song, it felt like there were sections where Adam was kind of operating on his own or the drums would be operating on their own. This one feels a little bit fuller. Um, it's a good track for me, though. Yeah, so after that is Misery Loves My Company, which is a good song. About how even if you seem alone, you're not actually alone when you're you know going through hard times. I I do like this one. Yeah, I like this one too. I think this one has a cool guitar riff again with that twisty like metally loud guitar. Um, I love like the that repeated section like going right into the the chorus. It's really really cool with guitar work. Um, fairly simple aside from the guitar work, like the drums, just nothing crazy. The bass is very much just like chugging along. Um. But the vocal work here was great. Uh, he's angry and raspy and yelling his dick off throughout. It, it, I think he does a really good job on the mic again here. Um, it's a really nice track. Yeah, so I, I'm chuckling to myself here. This is the point in the album where you just – it's kind of like a 180. The next song, Give In To Me, do you know who, who what this is a cover of? No. It's a cover of a Michael Jackson song. What? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I was crazy. I couldn't believe it when I was reading this, when I was doing research for this. Damn, I didn't realize it's, that. I, I guess it's not a well-known Michael Jackson song, but sure. yeah. I And it's funny, reading some of the lyrics, it doesn't necessarily read the same as most Three Days Grace work. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. W- after hearing that, I was like, okay, I, I guess I can kind of see that. I didn't go back and listen to the Michael Jackson song, but I just thought, of all artists for them to do a cover of, that seems like... Uh, you know that's like plus two thousand for you know what you'd pick. Yeah, and I uh, this is that's interesting uh, a little interesting tidbit there too because one of the things he mentions as part of his reason for leaving the band is that he did just kind of feel like he's gone through all these ups and downs and at this time in his life he's just in a different direction than the rest of these guys, um, and so he's going to chase that to wherever it takes him. And then you listen to what he does after he leaves this band, and it's very much the antithesis of this. It's very much back to classic Three Days Grace sound. So I can't imagine he was thrilled about this track. Yeah, it's and it's funny, too, like because Three Days Grace, they keep making similar music to albums two and three, kind of. Not, I mean, more I, close to three than two. Yeah, more maybe. close to three, but it's still within like... The, yeah, it's in the range. Like yeah. if you're a fan of them before, you'd probably still be a fan of them after. Right? Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah. Wow, wild. Um, other than that, yeah, this song didn't really necessarily stick out to me, except that now in the context of it being a Michael Jackson cover, this is a wild Michael Jackson cover. I mean, it, it's heavy and thick, um, low and plucky. Drums are loud. It's it's cool, um, but it's it's a wild take on a Michael Jackson song. Yeah, this this to me would like it's like a combination you'd think would only be possible with like AI. <laughs> <laughs> but the next track is Happiness, which for me was meh. Yeah, I think this is a nice track. Um, kind of, it's got this sound uh, like the opening riff. I don't know how to describe it. It just sounds like the open to the good life. It's got that same Close. kind of. It's got that same kind of sound to it. Um, up tempo, high energy guitar work here. Fucking rocks again. Lead guitars tuned up, and then they got the bass crunching through bits like all the way through. Chorus is awesome. Lead guitars crisp and twisty. Adam yelling through a lot of it. Uh, really letting it out on a few lines. I think they do really really nice work here, but. I tend to like the higher energy tracks from them anyways. So. For sure. After that is Give Me a Reason. It's another good standard Three Days Grace. I wasn't a huge fan. And this is the one track that I like. it stood out to me where he's trying to reach a little bit more into his higher range and just is not quite there. It goes a little bit out of his scope and it just doesn't hit. But it, it's a fine. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, it's average. After that is Time That Remains, which is a softer song. I'm not a not a fan of this one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's different. It's like almost poppy, kind of acoustic, acoustic strumming throughout. Up tempo, but fun and light, softer drums, uh, sweet singing. Yeah, it's very, very different. I don't know how well it fits anywhere, but whatever. Yeah, in the song, the protagonist is telling someone else to not make the same mistakes that he did. Right, so right. A, you know, classic. Yeah, uh, very much a hard rock. Yeah. Bit. After that is Expectations, which is another one that this this one I, I'm not a fan of. I kind of like this one. Mid-tempo, mid-high, mid-high energy. Um, you got this weird bit where, like, they got a high-tuned keyboard playing notes, like, slowly throughout. I don't know what's up with that. Um, you good yells in the chorus here. Chorus is nice, but the rest of it's whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's a song about a girl dreaming of becoming Miss America. It's just, I don't know, just not relatable for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. After that is Broken Glass, which is a song about feeling like a piece of broken glass. Yeah, literally. Yep. 
this one didn't necessarily stick out to me. It sounds good. It's just very typical Three Days Grace. Um, so it's a good song. Yeah. So then this album closes with Unbreakable Heart, which is decent. It's certainly better than the last handful of tracks. Yeah. I mean, this is still, again, last track on the album. Again, lower energy. Um, yeah. But you get this kind of up-tempo acoustic plucking throughout. Um, picks up into like this mid-high kind of level. Um, very typical Three Days Grace sound again. Um, nothing special, but still a good song, and I think it's a fine closer. Yeah, this song again. It's they follow the trend of it's a little bit more positive than some yeah. of the other songs. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the last this is the third album in a row they're doing that. Uh, I guess this is one of the band's favorites. It's it's fine. It's yeah, average. I mean, fine for them. I don't know. Not for me necessarily. Yeah, I mean, of all the other tracks, yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, that album left me a little bit wanting more. Um. And it didn't necessarily shock me when they broke up. Uh, I vaguely remember this moment. And it just was like, okay, that album kind of sucked. Not sucked, but like wasn't nearly as good as the previous two. And mm-hmm. I just kind of felt it. Um, so Adam leaves the band. He he puts out this long press release, uh, basically thanking the guys, thanking the fans, thanking everybody. Um, and at the end of it, closes by saying, you know what, I've just I've come this far in my life. I feel like it's time to move on. Doesn't take any shots at anybody. Just says it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty years, do, you know, with these guys trying to make music. So, felt like he was ready to go in a different direction. Um, another band we'll talk about at some point because these guys fucking rock too. But he leaves this band and joins a band called or forms a band called Saint Asonia, with members from Stain and Finger Eleven, and that band sounds like very much. Life starts now on one X, three days grace to the T, dude. Fucking rock. How many albums they have? I think they have three albums and an EP, maybe something like that. Um, but they got some wildly awesome headbanging thrashers, you know, like very much one X sounding music on like especially their first project. It's it's awesome. Um in the meantime, Three Days Grace is still gonna go tour. Like I mentioned earlier, they're about to go on tour with Shine Down when this happens. Um, so they bring in Brad Walsh's brother, Matt Walsh, who was previously the singer of a band called My Darkest Days. Not old success. You may have heard of them if you're into this kind of music. Um, and he becomes their new permanent lead singer for the next three albums, um, which we'll cover in a couple weeks. Yeah. He's, he's fine. Yeah. He, I was going to say, it's always tricky when, and we've talked about this before, when you have to find a replacement because you have to find someone that can sing the old songs, but also is different enough. Or it was also a little bit different because you're making new music and yeah yeah I don't I, know I just don't think like Matt Walsh's voice is just not quite as full bodied as Adams yeah and we'll get into that more as we talk about it but and they put out some good music with sure after this I I think the next album Human is really good yeah there's some good songs and I I mean there's some good songs from all three of the albums that I agree out, there's other good songs but I think the next album stands out to me of the three. There's um, also some songs where you're like, ah, it's probably be a little bit better with Adam. Hundred <laughs> percent. You'll hear it and you're like, God, it's just it sounds a little bit too airy. Just missing a little bit of something. Yep, yep, hundred uh, percent. I did see recently when Three Days Grace was on tour last summer, they brought Adam back for a couple shows. Oh, that's cool. And he only did he only played like a few songs with them, but oh. like he did Riot, he did Pain, kind of out of nowhere. Really fucking cool. It, it'd be cool if they ended up getting. I, I mean, I don't know how the band would feel because, like, if they like the um, yeah, Matt yeah. Watt, like, it's it's a t- tricky bit. It's a fine line to walk. I don't know that many bands that have ever done that, but I can think of one off the top of my head. Van Halen did this, where they had uh, Diamond Dave, and then they went to Sammy Hagar for, like, two or three albums, 
And they went back to Diamond Dave for like four, three or four more albums. And it's a, it's a touchy bit when you have to tell your current lead singer, like, hey, we're actually bringing back the guy we kicked out. Oh, yeah. And Blink-182 did it, too, not in the sense that they kicked oh, yeah, Tom DeLonge right. out, but Tom DeLonge left. Wow. And uh, Mark and Travis picked yeah. up Matt Skiba from the yeah. Alkaline Trio and yeah. put out two albums. And and then they uh, ended up getting Tom back for the most recent album. Yeah, so. and that, that's, a, that's a tricky thing where, like, the door is always open. You're Tom DeLonge. <laughs> but, hey, Matt Skiba, like, you're on thin ice, brother. Just keep doing your job. But, you know, when, when Daddy comes home. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, all right, we'll save top songs and albums and stuff for a couple weeks when we come back to these guys. Next week, we have part two of the Zach Bryan review. Well, who, we, I don't know how we'll release this, but it'll either be part two Zach Bryan or Blink-182 one more time album review. Yeah, we're kind of we're back and forth on what we're going to do with that. So we want to do an album review for Blink-182. We're going to do an album review for Blink-182. Um, but we may hold on to it. We may not. We'll see. It might make more sense for me to put that out next week because I'll be getting back like Sunday at like 10 p.m. Sure. Yeah. Whatever works yeah. best. Okay. Um, anyways, that's all I got this week. That's all you got this week. Yep. Perfect. Um, follow us on socials, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Insta and TikTok at Flip the Record. Like, review, share on Apple and Spotify. Thank you for listening. Catch you on the next one. Did the Packers lose? Yeah. <laughs>